You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. Hey, good morning. Good, I like that. Amen. Okay, we're going to have some fun. You know, God gives different people hearts for different kind of down-and-out groups, some the poor, some the rich, right? For whatever reason, God has put on my heart this great love that I can't muster up myself for church planners. Those crazy, mixed up, messed up, you know, full of spit and vinegar and all sorts of stuff, but I love them. And one reason I love them is because the older I get, the more I just love the church. The church... Is God's plan A to bless the world. And if we ever needed a uh, blessing to penetrate the darkness of our world, it's now. It's us. It's the church's plan A to bless the world, right? I mean, we are the people of God, saved by the power of God, and dwelt with the very presence of God, sent out for the purposes of God, to be blessed, to be a blessing. And so I love the church because it's plan A to bless the world. And I love the church because within the church, that's where God lives, He lives most just densely and powerfully within the people of God as they work together to seek Him. And He works in them and He works through them. So I need God. That's why I love His church. That's why I want to start you off with a a quote today. Uh, As Francis Schaeffer, who spent a lot of time in Europe, came back to America, he talked about the single most dangerous threat today to the church is that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ individually or corporately, tending to do the Lord's work in the power of the flesh rather than in the power of the Spirit. It's that tendency. The central problem is always in the midst of the people of God, not in the circumstances surround them, surrounding them. So there's the most dangerous threat. Our tendency to be all about the Lord's work, but doing it in our power, not His power. And as I just thought about that quote, I just think about maybe there's three broad categories of churches. The first is there are certain churches that aren't even attempting or aiming at doing the Lord's work. All right, that's certainly not this church. But that is a kind of church that's far too common. And I'll call them a social church. The second church is a church that falls victim to what we're being warned about in this quote. And it's, I call it not a social church, but a, but a striving church. They're striving after the right things. They're striving to make disciples. They're striving to glorify God, but they slipped into this tendency to do the Lord's work in the power of the flesh rather than the power of the Spirit. And the third group of churches are churches, not social, not striving, but spiritual. They're the churches where the Holy Spirit is alive and active, where Those churches are spiritual because they're not only tempting and aiming at doing the Lord's work, tempting and aiming at making disciples and make disciples to the glory of God. They are humble and they're spirit-led and spirit-dependent. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to tell you that y'all, by God's grace, are a spiritual church. You are. You're not a social church. You're not aimless. You're, you're not just a striving church trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength, but you are a spiritual church. Has it been messy these last four years? Yes. Has there been failures and tears? And yes. But I just want you to know today from my front row seat, which I get, and I, I, 
I hear a lot about it. I talk to Jared often. I talk to Luke. I talk to people here. I'm going to share with you some reasons why today, why I just want you to celebrate and just appreciate the grace of God that this church exists for your good and for the good of Paragul in Arkansas and the nations. And so I kind of feel like Paul did when he's writing to the Thessalonians and he just said, well done, excel still more. Fellowship Paragul, excel still more. Turn to Galatians 5. I'm going to preach a whole half a verse today. You can say amen. There you go. Really going to preach the last half of Galatians 5.25, which in essence is going to be uh, just to keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit, but I want you to see it in Galatians 5.25. You there? If you're there, raise your hand. There you go. Part of you there. Okay. Listen. This is simple. Actually, we're going to see, all the way back at the beginning of that paragraph, we're going to see... Uh, Paul making a transition, he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then he goes on and he says in verse 25, Galatians 5, 25, hear the word of the Lord. If we live by the spirit, that means if we're actually been born again by the spirit, if we're alive in the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit or another translation we'll talk about in a second says, keep in step with the spirit. Let's pause and pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me to communicate your beauty. Help the listeners have ears to hear your beauty and give them eyes of faith to see Jesus. See Jesus' perfect life on their behalf. See Jesus' substitutionary death on the cross on their behalf and see Jesus alive and reigning at the right hand of the Father who's poured out His Spirit on earth in order to bless and restore the planet and the people in it. Oh, come and help us. Amen. So today, keep in step with the Spirit. That's just burdened on my heart for the last month that I know it's coming. Just keep going. It's Excel still more. So here's how I'm going to attack this half a verse. Uh, just three points. The first is I want you to see the successful steps that you must celebrate. That's kind of a look back. I want you to just be very clear on the missteps you must avoid. And then I'll close thoroughly with the next step you must take. So as we look back, the successful steps you must celebrate. Look at this text, Galatians 5.25. That first half of the verse says, if we live by the Spirit. That's just the status. That's the position of every single Christian. It just means that you're born again and every Christian has the Spirit of God indwelling in him. That's what Paul is telling this church at Galatia as they're trying to live out their freedom. If you've got the Spirit and all Christians have the Spirit, that's true of every Christian. Then he says, let us also walk by the Spirit. That means if you've been made spiritually alive, you might as well pay attention and live consistently with the Spirit within you. Now, read you verse 16 when it says walk by the Spirit. And in verse 25, it says, let us also walk by the Spirit. But it's actually, those are two different verbs in the Greek. The first one in verse 16 just talks about as a lifestyle. You keep in step. I mean, you just walk out a lifestyle of just being dependent on the Spirit. Catch what this second word in verse 25, let us also walk by the Spirit 
In essence, what it means is you need to walk in line behind a leader. And so, Fellowship Paragool, if you're alive by the Spirit, walk in line behind a leader. And the leader in this verse is who? The Spirit of the living God that Jesus has poured out so we can all have access to Him. Let us keep in step. That's why it is a good translation. That's why we probably have it on the screen or had it on the screen. But keep in step with the Spirit. The focus in this passage in the second half of Galatians 5.25 is on the leader. And you just need to keep up with him. The leader is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, fully God, as much God as the Father, as much God as Jesus. The Holy Spirit's also good. So many people have a weird view of the Holy Spirit. He's fully God. He's fully good. He's fully for you. He's never once misled you. He's never once led you to take any misstep. Not once. He's perfect. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He will never let you down. He's fully wise, fully strong, fully good. And He's alive in you. We just got to pay attention to Him. That's why Paul's urging. And that's what I'm urging you. Keep in step with that leader. March in line with that leader. It's like the picture of a, a little child with their daddy or their mommy. Just keep in step like a little you know, duck following the, in the line with the mama duck. And, or, or more probably appropriate, it's like a soldier in line up under a commander. And God is our Lord, our authority, is the King of kings. Who else do you want to follow in this life? And so keep in step with the Spirit. God has given fellowship paragool and all of His people. An impressive leader. Our job is to keep in step with the leader. Your elders and your deacons I love. And they're impressive in their own little way. But they're not impressive. That's the Spirit's job. That's why you can trust them. They don't think they're impressive. They know the Holy Spirit's impressive. And so you may be saying, okay. Here's the success you must celebrate. I believe with all my heart. Once again, there are no perfect churches. This is a spiritual church. To this point, you've been wildly successful. Most churches don't even last, much less are vibrant. And here from my front row, here's what I know that I've seen. When I can tell you you've been successful and you need to celebrate what God's done in your midst. Here's what I've seen. The lost are being saved. I haven't been to all your baptisms. I've been to at least three, two out at, what's it, Swindles? farm something like that and one at jared's dad's church building i've watched some of you get baptized that's the work of god the holy spirit to be celebrated it's happened i've seen the religious be repurposed to live on mission and give up on their own mission that can only happen with the spirit of god i know that the hungry are being fed right that's only been stirred up by the spirit of god Hearts are being rejoiced. I see Steve out there. One day Steve was taking us in a tour over his restore down here, down the street. Yeah, he was giving us a, a tour of, of restore and all the, the people that are being served and the poor and the hungry. And what he just lit up and just started preaching to these guys and says, man, this gospel thing works, Chuck. So what are you talking about? And he went on to explain how it just had changed, been in church all of his life. But he, he found Jesus in a new way and it was his joy and he felt a personal sense of mission and purpose. And that's only, only possible by the Holy Spirit. What else is God doing here? The sick have been healed. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Addicts are being freed. 
That's the Holy Spirit. The oppressed are being freed. And churches are being planted. Y'all just sent out Rusty to Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh my gosh. God can use anyone. You know, he can strike a, he can strike a straight lick with a crooked stick. So I love Rusty. I love Matthew's table. You need to keep up with them on Facebook. It's amazing. It's especially meaningful to me. I feel like a granddad finally is, is a birth. And so it's our, he's our, it's our grand church. It's, it's awesome. Hey, um, this ain't a point, but it'll preach. Uh, y'all know Rusty? Man, he's one of the most special guys I've ever met. Anybody miss Rusty? Yeah, of course you do. Here's what I want to encourage you about. One is be thankful that Jared's humble enough that he knew Rusty was a strong leader. There's a lot of leaders who wouldn't bring a stud like that into work, right? It's also a credit to him and Luke and the elders and whoever's involved because you knew he was leaving. It's hard to bring a guy in knowing he's leaving. But here's what I really want you to hear, church. To the extent you were blessed by Rusty, what you love about Rusty and Cassie, what you love about them is the Jesus within them. It's everything good you see in them, it was Jesus, not Rusty. And he'll tell you that. That means if every time you miss him, grieve, thank, pray for him, but also know that he was here for a season to equip you. Now it's your job to let Jesus live through you, to be that shepherd, that kind, that missionary just like him, and let him pass along. That's what he would want, and that's what I want you to hear. Cry, ache, moan, grieve, yeah. But celebrate, celebrate. Every prayer you've prayed, church, every meal you've provided, every outreach you've helped with, every time the gospel's been shared, every song you've sung, every meeting you've led, every prayer you've prayed, it's not in vain. You are successful. Church, you need to be in awe. You've been swept up sovereignly into a story of God's grace. You don't deserve this. None of you. None of us. God has been kind to you. He's looked down here and he says, I want to show them my beauty and my kindness. It's Ezekiel 36 coming true. And he says, I will put in the new covenant my spirit within you and I will cause you to obey my commands. This is Ezekiel 36. This is Acts being played out when he says, wait for the Holy Spirit and I will clothe you with power from on high. This is a spiritual church. The Holy Spirit's impressive. You've got to celebrate that, but turn to, here's what you really need to celebrate. You've got to turn to Luke 10 for a second. Turn to Luke 10. I'm going to tell you how to celebrate the success. As you look to the past, look at Luke 10. Man, this is Jesus with his disciples. I mean, working with the 12. At the beginning of verse 10, verse 1, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of them, two by two, to every town where he himself was about to go. And he talks about the harvest is plentiful, and he told them to go, and, and you go in the authority of the Lord. And then turn down to uh, chapter 10, verse 17. Those same 72, after a successful mission, just like y'all have had successful mission, returned with joy. Just telling Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. And they were just in awe. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, he's just confirming them. He goes, yep, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority. 
in essence, to do ministry, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Hear this, though. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Do not rejoice in successful ministry. Rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Don't rejoice the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Fellowship Paragle, rejoice that you're even a Christian. It's the biggest miracle of all, that you as a sinner have been saved by grace. And all those awesome songs we just sang have happened in your heart if you've just trusted and repented and believed upon the name of Jesus. That's what you celebrate. Celebrate. Be thankful you've been swept up in the story of grace, but mostly rejoice, sing, worship, thank God that your names are written in the land's book of life, that your names are recorded in heaven, your names are secure. There will never be an ounce of any second between now and forever eternity that you'll ever have to face condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Your beloved adopted son, he just is crazy about you. And it's undeserved grace by an unobligated God to those deserving only wrath. Rejoice. Rejoice in the miracle of the new birth that you've tasted and experienced. Hey, a word for guests. If you're not a part of this family yet, just I encourage you to do a couple of things. Go to the website. Can't say this about every church, but this church really attempts to live out what's on their website, you know? What's on their walls? And their church is actually going on. Go to the section, Stories of Change, and, and read real-life ordinary people encountering a great, extraordinary God and how He's given them hope and joy and satisfaction like none other. Go there. I'm going to read to you the, the first thing on the website, the welcome. Guests, hear this. We are convinced that Jesus is good news for our city in every way. Beyond the sometimes familiar message, the real Jesus longs to rescue the brokenness that is all around us and transform our everyday lives. We believe this. We want to live in light of this. And we'd love for you to enjoy the guilt-shattering love of Jesus with us. Guest, have you ever had that happy day that we sung about in the first song to do today where all of your sins have been washed away? Have you experienced this guilt-shattering love of Jesus? If not, you can right now. You were born guilty. One thing you were guilty of is not living out Galatians 5.25. You have not kept in step with the Spirit. You've kept in step with your own flesh, your own desires. You've lived independent of God. But that God doesn't have a heart to condemn you. You're, You're guilty already. He wants to rescue you. From doing your own thing. The beauty of Jesus is that he and he alone, the God man, the only perfect God man, fully obeyed Galatians 5.25. I haven't, Jared hadn't, Luke hadn't. No one has except Jesus. He was alive by the Spirit. He also walked by the Spirit. So he's got this perfect record of right. And he wants to give you his life of perfect obedience. And he went to the cross. And the innocent died for the guilty. So the guilty could go free. And you can have all of your guilt shattered in an instant if you'll just come to Jesus. Come to Him. Not with an attempt to say, I'm going to clean up my life. No, just come to Jesus and say, I'm guilty. I've been leading my life. I've been running my life. I've been ruining my life. You come to Jesus and He says, a bruised reed He will not break. 
a smoldering wick he will not just snuff or blow out. Just come at your most broken, weakest place and say, help, save me, save me, save me, forgive me my sins because I trust that you paid for them on the cross. So guest, this can be your day of great celebration too. As you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. He's been oh so patient with you. He's been chasing you. Pursuing you. And coming to Jesus will be the best day of your life. It'll be a day you'll rejoice. On this Sunday next year. In a billion years from now. In a billion years after that. Come. To Jesus. Today. Today. Is the day of salvation. Have all your sins washed away out of grace. So fellowship parable. That's the success you must celebrate. But remember, Luke 10, remember to celebrate that your name is written in heaven. Second, I want to show you, if you're going to keep in step with the Spirit, there are some missteps you must avoid. There are some missteps you must avoid. And so, hear this. Success is dangerous. Very few Christians, very few churches over time have not stumbled after success. God warned the people of God in Deuteronomy chapter 8, right before he was getting ready to do this miracle and take them into the promised land by doing miracle after miracle, rescuing them from Egyptians and their slavery. The path to freedom is miraculous. And here's what he said. It's going to be on your screen. It says, here's his warning in Deuteronomy 8, 10 to 20. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. To humble you and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. But you may say to yourself. This is what's scary about success. My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Fellowship parable. You have not produced this spiritual church. You have not produced those disciples. Do not grow easy. Do not settle down. Be careful. It's the Lord's work. Celebrate Him. Celebrate His work. And so quickly, I just want to show you four missteps. And so uh, I don't usually do this anymore, but this, it just kind of flowed. So they all start with C. I don't know. It just happened that way. The first is conceit taken right out of that passage. You need to avoid the missteps of Israel because the warning that God gave them, they did not heed. They did not be careful. They forgot the Lord. They were forgetful of the Lord. They took credit theirself. It's the Christian's tendency to forget God. 
filling this city with missional communities to proclaim and live out this good news won't happen if your heart goes proud. You are where you are because of God's power, not your power. You are where you are because of God's grace, not your goodness. You are where you are because of His wisdom and strategy, not your wisdom and strategy. He got you here. The Spirit is the impressive one. Celebrate that, but don't get conceited. Second, don't become cautious. Don't develop a cautious spirit. Don't, as that text say, settle down. This is an army and we're at war. The world needs you to be the people of God, saved by the power of God, filled with the presence of God, sent out for the purposes of God to bless this city and our state. You've gotten off to a great start, multiplying MCs, leaders, now buildings and budgets. And so now you have actually added temptations. Too much is given, much is required. Be faithful with what He's given you. You're at a crossroads. Are you going to take the path of courage or the path of caution? Are you going to just do ministry for a way to make sure we can pay for everything? Are you going to still follow the Holy Spirit? Are you going to follow fear? Are you going to maintain and manage? I have in my notes after that. Maintain, manage, yuck. That's no way to live. Listen to Ray Ortland. He says, let's all admit our mental ratchet tends to turn one way or the other towards action and not toward more audacity. This is part of our, or toward inaction, not toward more audacity. This is part of our fallenness. So we must grab ourselves by the scruff of the neck and make ourselves believe God and dream and pray and dare and risk and reach accordingly. All it takes to kill a great church in the pastor committing adultery, as harmful as that is, but the pastor and leaders play it safe time after time that faith loses its luster and no one is awestruck by how real God is to everyone involved. Fellowship Paragool. Don't be cautious. Just keep in step with the Spirit. We need to be courageous, which comes by living in His presence so that more people can hear about the real Jesus. The third, don't be conceited. Don't have a cautious spirit. Don't, don't be copycats. This isn't a church that's copycat another church, but here's my special word to you this morning. Don't just copycat what you yourselves have done the last four years. That's dangerous. The Spirit wants you to be constantly dependent and listening to Him. He rarely does the same thing the same way twice. And especially if you following your leaders, that's probably more of a temptation for you than even your leaders. But, but we always did it this way. Never needs to be said. Never. When God wanted to send His children to promised land, the first city after they crossed the Jordan miraculously, they went into uh, Jericho, they were, you know, just outmanned, outgunned. Uh, their, their majority was they had God on their side because God plus one equals majority. But God told them this weird way of conquering the city, right? You had to like march around it for seven days and break stuff and shout and play trumpets. But guess what? It happened. They, they just simply did silly, seemingly silly, simple things that didn't make sense. And if they hadn't inquired of the Lord, they would have never marched around a city to do warfare. It made no sense, but they did it and were successful. 
Now, and the next city was Ai, just the word Ai. It's called Ai. I can't even pronounce that one. Um, they sent out their spies. They came back with a report. You know what their spies said? In Joshua 7, they said, hey, because they had like hundreds of thousands of people on their side, this nation of Israel. It says, hey, we only did send up about 3,000 men because in Ai, their number is few. See, they were comparing their own numbers with their enemies' numbers, and they said, we got this. They didn't inquire the Lord, the Lord who just conquered Jericho. They basically bypass God and say, we're just going to do what we did the last time, and we got this in their own strength. And it was a miserable failure. And it was a lesson. So don't be copycats. He said 3,000 are enough because they are few. You cannot win a single battle. You cannot be kind to your spouse or kids in your own flesh. You just can't. And then he led them to do something crazy. Once they finally acquired the Lord, he didn't say march around Ai. No, this time they called, they did it ambush style. And so you can read about it yourself, but just know this. The way he conquered, the Spirit led them to conquer Jericho is not the same strategy that was led to conquer Ai. You only have one hope. Keep in step with the Spirit. That's it. It's all your, it's your only hope. And fourth, don't be conceited, don't be cautious, don't be copycats, and dare not just set this thing on cruise control. Don't assume, don't be passive, but active. Seek God more than ever. Share the gospel more than ever. Pray more than ever. Dream bigger dreams than ever. Fight, uh, fight unbelief more than ever and ask for more. Pray prayers like, show us your glory. For may thy kingdom come to Paragul, to my neighborhood, to my heart, to my kids. And third, here's the next step you must take to keep in step with the Spirit. The next step you must take is just one step. The next step is the next step. There's a lot of missteps. There's only one right step. And I don't know what it is, but the Spirit does. And God's given you leaders. I mean, Jesus is the head of this church, right? He's perfect. He's good. And He's giving the Spirit to give you the mind of Christ. It's the elder's job to pray and seek and hear. So pray in this season of planning for this next year. That with all that's true, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as they come before the Lord, they're just saying, God, here it is. Now we have this building. We've got this MCs. We've got these people and these leaders. Now what, Lord? That's what they're doing right now. Pray for them. And be willing to follow them. And don't say, well, that's not why we did it last year. Anytime you say, that's not the way we did it last year, go read Joshua 7. Because the way they did it last year may not be the way God does it this year. God's got this thing rigged. He wants all the glory. He's jealous for His namesake. He's not going to share His glory with you. He's not. But it sure is fun to follow Him. Why do you need to take the next step, Fellowship Paragool? Because your vision demands it. You say you exist so that every man, woman, and child in Paragool will have a daily encounter with the real Jesus. 
That is happening, but it has not yet fully happened. The Spirit hears that. You know what the Spirit says? Awesome. He's pleased to hear this. He says, that's good. That's awesome. I put that in your heart. He also wants you to know He's able to do that through even you. He'd love to use ordinary people. That's the story of the Bible. An oppressive spirit using an unoppressive people to do the extraordinary, miraculous will of God. You're been swept up into that story. Spirit's not only able to do this in you, he's ready. He's ahead of you. He's out in your neighborhoods and in your homes. He's in the next cities you're going to plan in. He's at work. He's ahead of you. You want to find out where he's at work? Keep in step with God, the Holy Spirit. Make no little plans. The Spirit and nothing. You have the Spirit. Nothing has ever once stopped the Spirit of God. He's undefeated and he's undefeatable. Follow him. Trust him. New challenges will come. Old challenges will resurface. Messes will always be in our presence until Jesus comes back. New temptations will come. Old temptations will resurface. Distractions will become all the more. So keep in step with the Spirit is really your only hope. Have I said that yet? I told you I was going to preach a half a verse. Keep in step with the Spirit. He's impressive. March in line. Right behind the Spirit. Take the next step. Elders, take the next step with the Spirit. Deacons, take the next step with the Spirit. MC leaders, take the next step with the Spirit. Fight club leaders, take the next step with the Spirit. Moms and dads, take the next step with the Spirit with your kids. Missionaries, take the next step with your neighbors. A.W. Tozer says, unbelief says, some other time, but not now. Some other place, but not here. Some other people, but not us. Faith says anything he did anywhere else, he will do here. Anything he did any other time, he's willing to do now. Anything he did for other people, it is his will to do for us with our feet on the ground and our head cool. With our heart ablaze with the love of God, we walk out in this fullness of the Spirit. If we will yield and obey, God wants to work through you. Keep in step with the Spirit and you will just take ordinary steps and see the extraordinary work of God. Do you know how God sent the gospel to the continent of Africa? Do you? It's in the book of Acts. In Ethiopian. There's a story about an Ethiopian eunuch. And he was sitting reading the book of Isaiah about Jesus, a prophecy about Jesus. And he was just parked and he's wondering, what does this mean? Is this, what is this talking about? Well, lo and behold, in another city, God knew that that Ethiopian eunuch was going to go back to Ethiopia, which is in Africa, last time I checked. How did God send the gospel through that man back to Africa? Well, Philip is walking and he's just going down a road. 
And God shows up and says, hey, Philip, I want you to go to another road. And it was a desert place. Simply take another road, the best that he heard. Take the next step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. You know what Philip did? He obeyed. He just took a different road. Next thing you know, he sees a man reading Isaiah in a chariot. He thought it seemed good to him in the Spirit that he would go talk to this guy reading the Scriptures. And he got to explain with the Spirit's help that that was talking about Jesus the king of kings who came and died on the cross for his sins. And he's now alive and has sent his spirit. And that guy was saved and baptized on the spot. And the gospel went to Africa because the spirit prompted Philip to take a different road. You see, God will use your seemingly simple steps of ordinary obedience. And at times do extraordinary works. I mean, that sounds like fun. Is that, is that what you want to do? Or you just want to go your own way because you always go your own way. I've had stories like that. I don't have time to tell the story today, but literally, I'm trying to learn this. Jared and I have talked about it. He's had stories like this too. That's why BJ's in this church, if you ever wanted to know, because Jared took some crazy, ordinary steps of obedience that didn't make sense for six months. But you can ask him about that. I was just literally, I'm a man of great courage, not as much as Jared. Uh, and so one day God said, hey, go to a different coffee shop. You know, because he knows I'm ready for the courageous. Long story short, I went to a different coffee shop in Jonesboro that day. Instead of going to the edge by campus, I went to one on Main Street. And the lady, as soon as I walked in, said, hey, you need to talk to Kristen. And Kristen was a Muslim priestess who had been back in Jonesboro seeking God. And just God gave me the privilege to walk through the good news with her. And over time, she got saved. And it's a crazy, miraculous story. But all I did... Because I was just eager. I want to learn. I'm trying to learn this. I don't have this figured out. But I wanted to keep in step with the Spirit. And God's a good daddy. And he loves to take his little kids and give them little baby steps. And show them that he knows what he's doing. And I simply went to a different coffee shop. And what blessing. What blessing. I received to get get swept up into God saving this ex-Muslim priestess. Not because of me. I'm not impressive. God knew all I could handle was simply... Sip good coffee at a different location. You see, he's impressive. We're not. Well, let me close with this. Do you want to keep in step with the Spirit? Do you desire to take the next step? Do you desire to submit all of your life to simply trusting and obeying the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? If you want to... I have good news. You can. God's not playing hide and seek. Listening to the Spirit, taking the next step with the Spirit is a lot more about your character than some technique or skill. So all I would tell you, if you want to take the next step with the Spirit is, this is not rocket science. First ask that you will hear. And literally pick up your Bible and devour it. I mean, read it and read it and read it more than you've ever read it. God's not hiding from you. He's revealed much. And at times He'll speak, you read objective word. At times He will speak subjective things to you. And you'll have to line it up with the word and community and all that. But God is good at guiding His people. That's another storyline in the Bible. So I want to show you two more quotes. 
that I, really encouraged me. First is Jack Miller. He says, when I find myself without guidance from God, one of the first things I check out is whether I want guidance from God. That's why I ask you, do you want guidance from God? Do you want to take the next step? Do you want to? Because he goes on to say, why should God give me guidance when my mind is closed to some aspect of his will? And so, do you want and expect that he will guide you? Look at this Dallas Willard quote. Perhaps we don't hear the voice of God because we don't expect to hear it. But perhaps we don't hear it because we know that we fully intend to run our lives on our own and never seriously considered anything else. Let me read that again. Perhaps we don't hear it because we know we fully intend to run our lives on our own and never seriously considered anything else. The voice of God would be an unwelcome intrusion into our plans. Do you want your plans intruded upon by God? I hope you do. His plans are good. He's never misled anyone. He will not ruin your life. He's good. He's God. God is love. He's love. He loves you. He wants to lead you to love and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. By contrast, we expect the great ones in the way of Christ to hear that voice just because we see their lives wholly given up to doing what God wants. Fellowship Paragol, may I love you. This encourages me to see what God has done here. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, that you're born again. Avoid the missteps. The Spirit can lead you. Keep in step with the Spirit. He is impressive. He will not ruin your life. He will not ruin your fight club. He will not ruin your kids. He will not ruin your MC. He will not ruin your church or your church planning. He won't. Rejoice. But what timing? Right there. First time ever. Let's pray. Oh, God the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are fully God, fully wonderful, fully good. Well, I pray for those here who have never had that happy day. That happy day when they've had their sins washed today. May today be the day of their salvation. Would you draw them to yourself? Will you open their eyes to see that Jesus is Lord? Will you help them to see that if they're holding on to their own ideas or just they're running their own life, help them to see that they are ruining their life and that they're missing out and that they need to cast their whole self upon you. And for the people of God here, may they do the same thing. May they afresh for the thousandth time, perhaps, cast their whole life and say, I surrender. I want to take the next step with the Spirit. I don't want to run my life. I want you to run my life. Holy Spirit, fall on us. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Oh, help us, oh gracious Daddy. Give us more of your spirit to see Jesus and take the very next step. Help us keep in step with the spirit. For the sake of the glory of God. For the sake of the hurting and lost. Oh, come help us. Amen.